Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Baggies Broadcast. It's season four, episode 24. My name is Luke Hatfield, and if you are watching us today, you will know that there's something very different. A, you're watching us and not listening to us. Uh, and two, it's not just myself and Albion extraordinaire, Mr. Joe Massey. We've got a very special guest today, none other than Albion legend, uh, Mr. Chris Brunt, 592 total appearances uh, over his career, 63 international caps, 421 Albion appearances, 49 goals, 89 assists, and he's only gone and taken an hour out of his day to join us at the Baggies broadcast. Chris, delighted to have you on. How are you doing, fellas? Not bad, mate, not bad. How are you, firstly? Yeah, not too bad, thanks. Um, yeah, just getting used to a few bits and bits and pieces. Things have changed over the last few weeks, so uh, just trying to get used to it. Yeah, uh, Joe, I can't, I won't be able to criticise you for the lack of work you do in this podcast anymore if you've managed to sort this out, mate. I know, I pulled out the big one there, haven't I? We had James Morrison, <laughs> now we've got Chris Brunt. I can't wait for the for the listing figures after this one because uh, James Morrison was the biggest podcast we had, wasn't it, um, in terms of the numbers? So it's going to be very, very interesting to see uh, where Chris where Chris ranks after this one. I can't wait. Yeah, Chris well, is, I'm, a, I'm assuming... I'll be more than <laughs> I was going to say, I'm assuming James Morrison gave you a glowing review of us. If, if, otherwise, you'd have just turned and run the moment Joe mentioned it to you. <laughs> I didn't even mention. I didn't even speak to Moz about it. To be fair, like, um, no, I'm just, oh, sp- speaking more to skids at the media department about it. So, yeah, you got a good reference. So, oh, do you have right. to call, uh, do do call Moz a gaffer now? Do you have to call Moz a gaffer now? <laughs> no. <never. laughs> Are you sure? Yeah, absolutely. He's your boss, isn't he? No, he's not my boss. Well, absolutely not. <laughs> Oh, Chris, honestly, uh, brilliant to have you on, mate. Um, first things first, I mean, 13 years um, as a player. Now you're back at the club, obviously in a different role. How, how are you settling back in? Yeah, it's been, it's been good so far. It's been it's been different, obviously, with, uh, you know, you get to see the other side of things. You know, as a player, you just sort of, you turn up and do your bits and pieces, you train and you go home. Whereas, obviously, there's got to be a bit more thought put into what goes on during the day. There's there's meetings and, and things, so that you sort of, especially with the academy as well, there's so many different people about the building and different age groups and stuff. You sort of, there's, you got to sort of have a bit of a feed into every sort of age group, which is obviously stuff that I'm not used to doing. The lads that are there have, have been used to doing it. So you're learning something new every day, to be fair, but just little things like planning the training sessions and stuff and getting there and getting the stuff set up that you're not used to as a player. You know, usually just you walk out on the pitch and everything's there. You take that for granted and, you know, you see now on the other side, it's uh, can be a bit different. Does it feel a bit a bit more normal wearing an Albion tracksuit as opposed to <laughs> different clothes? <laughs> um, yeah, I suppose so, yeah. It's, um, obviously, you get, you, you get used to wearing the same badge for so long and, you know, obviously, I, I really enjoyed my time at Bristol City. It was it was unfortunate, obviously, with the injury and that it got cut mm. short and, you know, they've 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 got a good setup down there. They've just gone into they're going into new training ground this week, which looked I, I obviously didn't see it, but it looked uh, it looked really really good. So, you know, I'm just uh, I'm just a bit a bit gutted that I wasn't able to finish the season there. Mm, obviously, yeah. Um, you're working with the kids now, obviously, and I suppose a lot of people will look at you and seeing the the playing career you've had. Obviously, that left peg of yours from a from a dead ball was was pretty mean. Are there any are there any of the youngsters who are, are threatening to to be Providing you know deliveries and and free kicks like you like you used to, <laughs> yeah. There's obviously that's one thing I'll about the academy. They're always technically very good players, you know. And you know, I think set pieces for us in the Premier League was was such a big thing. So that's obviously why probably that gave me a bit more of a reputation because that was <laughs> for a couple of seasons. That was basically the only way we could score a goal. So. Um, <laughs> um, so that obviously you get you get a bit more credit for that, like. But uh, no, look, all all the young boys are, are are very good technically, and you've got a. I think it's a bit it's a bit different at that level, isn't it? Because it's sort of about developing them as players rather than actually being a team to try and win football matches. So I think you know that sort of that's the difference between a first team environment and a and an academy setup, and you know trying to get that obviously get a couple of players into the first team environment, and then they can go on and learn the sort of the differences between that. Hmm. Mate, I've got, I've got to ask you. When you were playing back, when you were playing for Albion, was there any any ever any question mark when there was a, a free kick within twenty five yards over who else was taking it, or was it always just give the ball to Brunty? <laughs> well, I don't I don't think I I don't have a great record of scoring free kicks. I don't think like um, <laughs> um 
I was probably I think we wide free kicks and corners and stuff. Yeah, obviously you're always that was a big strength of mine. So you're always confident in doing it. You're always confident you could set something up and you know attacking free kicks. Yeah, you always wanted to have a go at it, but. You know, I think there was a while. Obviously, Stephen Reid was pretty good on uh, mm-hmm. over their ball as well, and uh, you know Graham Dorans and people like that. So you sort of you, there was always a, a bit of competition, but I think obviously when it came to sort of corners and, and set plays and stuff, that was always I always felt that well, I could always create something for the team. Then, mm. obviously, we've had Morrison on before, and we're going to get onto Joe's little feature with you. You know, selecting your your, your twenty three man squad or. You know, maybe a couple extras if you've got some uh, lying around elsewhere. Um, but Mozart obviously came on and he gave us some great stories, mate. Some really great stories. Um, some questionable antics uh, from a Mr. Jake Livermore on away days. I was wondering if you maybe were going to try and one-up him. Have you had any um, interesting practical jokes played on you as a player or even maybe now as a coach, maybe? Um, do you want know to Mozzie would be more into that sort of stuff than me. I was always pretty, pretty <laughs> sensible to be totally honest. Um, it's just standard stuff, you know. You used to find, I always found a lot of stuff more probably went on more on day to day in the training ground rather than sort of then away trips. You know, I, I think especially as as we got sort of further in in, in our years in the Premier League, we all sort of got our own rooms then as well, and you weren't mm-hmm. really. You know, once you got to the hotel, you did your bits and pieces for the game, and you sort of just stayed out of the way. So that was always my sort of my uh, my way of dealing with stuff. I think like preseason tours and international trips, especially as well. You know, when lads are got plenty of time in their hands and they're a bit bored, like that's usually when stuff used to happen. You know, I, I don't really remember anything overly sticks out. Like, well, probably nothing that you haven't heard of it. If, if it was really if it was really bad it was if it was really bad it was in the national press anyway so um, i think we'll leave it at that um just your usual ones you know i think lads used to love that you know they, they fill in the bin with water outside your door and then knock on your door and as soon as you mm. open the door the bin bin with water fell in all oh, just stupid things like that you know like really childish things as well looking back on it now if i see my two kids doing it i would have a <laughs> have a go at them like but you know that's the sort of just when you give a group of lads a lot of free yeah. time on their hands, you know, stupid things happen. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Lads together. I mean, I'd much rather have a bottle of water, uh, a bucket of water, Joe, than um, a bucket of uh, what Mozilla mentioned uh, with Mr. Livermore. I'll put it that way. Are you thinking of adoption? We have all the information you need at Adoption at Heart, your regional adoption agency for the Black Country. Adoption at Heart provides adoption services for the City of Wolverhampton Council, Walsall Council, Dudley Metropolitan Borough Council and Sandwells Children's Trust and is encouraging those who are considering adoption to come forward and take the next step. The Black Country Agency is appealing for adopters who can give our children lots of individual time, understanding and ongoing support and are looking to recruit adopters from within the diverse section of the community irrespective of gender, sexual orientation, disability, race or faith. To start your adoption journey or to find out more, why not book onto the next virtual information event. Visit www.adoptionatheart.org.uk to see the next available dates and to book your place or call 01902 553 818. Shall we get onto this 23-man squad, Joe? Do you, you want to jump straight in? Yeah, I'll uh, just explain it again if that's all right, because it's been a while, hasn't it, um, since we did it. But just for a bit of context, it was it was about a year ago. Um, obviously, we went into lockdown. I was thinking, what on earth am I going to do for stories for the paper? There's no football um, going on. Just, it, honestly, it was just an idea. It just came to me. I, I've got to be honest, I didn't think it was a very good idea. Um, I just thought <laughs> I, I, I'd get fans to um, submit a 23-man Albion squad, sort of a squad of the century thing. Um Honestly, didn't think anyone would take part. That is the genuine truth. Um, put out a tweet asking people to take part. And I was inundated, absolutely inundated uh, with responses. Um, so much so that I panicked um, because I had so many responses. And I thought, I'm never going to be able to count all these up. So bizarrely, I closed it early. Um, so everything is based on 82 votes, which I know is a ridiculous number. <laughs> An absolutely ridiculous number. I should. I don't know why I didn't just hold out for another eighteen and make it hundred. Yeah, make um, it around hundred. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, God's honest truth is a panic. Um, <laughs> so, amazing what uh, people do for you, Joe, when they're bored, isn't it? Amazing. Absolutely amazing. 
I mean, I definitely did it at the right time because I think people were genuinely bored. Um, but um, yeah, so we've got, I've pulled up all the results. So what we say is there's only sort of two rules um, and they are that you've got to have three goalkeepers um, and you've got to have cover for every position um, just in case of an injury or suspension. Um, but yeah, other than that, you've... Nice struggle to cover for every position though. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> might, have, might have to play a couple out of position. Oh, no, it'll be all right. It'll be all right. You can make your case. Just You'll be able to make your yeah. case. You'll I'll make fine. my case, yeah. I'll make my case. Um, so, yeah, we started with goalkeeper. So the fan vote, there was there was actually only one player um, in the whole vote that got that was in everyone's squad. I've got yeah. to say, you you were very close. You were very, very close. You got 80 votes um, out oh, of the okay. 82, which is amazing. But there was one person who beat you, um, and it was Ben Foster um in every squad and he was joined by russell holt and thomas cusack um Moz's goalkeepers were very different um he did have foster but he also had dean kiley and boas my hill um but yeah so there were their keepers who, who have you gone for uh yeah well obviously i'm not putting fuzzy in mind now you've just said that so uh <laughs> <laughs> clever no. clever you're reeling him in <laughs> for top place no. that is clever no, no. Uh, yeah, Foz, obviously. Like, I think for, like you said, well, I'll just go all three. All three of mine are the exact same as Moses, to be totally honest, because, uh, you know, we didn't didn't really... Obviously, Scott Carson was only really the other goalkeeper that played in our time at the club, mm. bar, obviously, bar Sam Johnson over the last couple of seasons. So, you know, I think when looking at back when we were our most successful period as a as a team when I was at the club, yeah, Fozzy obviously is, you know, he's he's the best goal I've ever seen, to be fair, played with. He's you know, he wasn't uh he wasn't that bothered about training most weeks, you know, he sort of threw himself about the odd time. He days when he sort of you know, he used to be fair, the doc used to just let him do what he wanted. You know, he used to sit in it. Really? You know, you see, his, you see his YouTube now with his cycling and stuff. Like he used to just come in mm-hmm. some days and say, "No, I'm cycling today," and that was that was it. I mean, I think he's pretty much the same at Watford now too. I saw him about six months ago when we played him at Bristol City. So yeah, I think he pretty much just sort of dictates what he does day to day. But you know, when somebody put, puts in performances like that on a Saturday, you can't argue. So you know, he's he's a top top goalie and he's a great lad as well. Well, I was just going to ask, mate, what do you make of the the GoPro in goal? If, I mean, if you, would, if you scored, would you be running out to that GoPro? I mean, I oh, yeah, I, I told him as well, like, but I'd be fair, I didn't play in the game, so I was desperate to try and get on it. But I was warming up and shouting things down the side of the thing to try and <laughs> so see if he could hear it, but he never said anything back about it, so I don't know whether I did. Like, no, it's, it's, look, it's, it's something different, I suppose, and obviously if he, he loves his cycling and he, he's mad into it, so like, I think it's something that it's probably benefiting him for for all the cycling stuff he wants to do as well so mm. you know I, I, as far as i'm aware there's whatever whatever he he donates money to efl's charity for it and stuff as well so look, it's it's win-win for everybody isn't it yeah except all except all the other lads who's been digging out on the on the um gopro and the goal that's it yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, um no just all uh, obviously the the other two goalies i mean dink Dink Kelly was I couldn't even. I can't remember what age Dino was when when I first signed. He must have been thirty seven, thirty eight, and I just, I, I just couldn't believe how good a goalkeeper he was. You know, even when he even when he made the sort of transition into being a into the goalie coach, you know, he, he still joined in training. And he was as good as everybody else, which was was frightening. You know, that's the first season we were here. We got promoted, and you know, he I think he had did he get the Golden Glove thing for the clean sheets, and he was just a he, same thing as well, old school, good great guy as well and you know somebody that you know when you run into him now he's just he's always he's just a good character to have around the place he was um and a top goalie as well it- and uh you know go on, sorry go on no go on go on and my and both my heels no well. i was just going yeah boys look everybody will tell you the same thing but boys football club he's just he's i know he i think a lot of people sort of say well he he didn't play an awful lot at west Brom. i think he, he played what 80 90 games and you know he never let anybody down when he when he was when he was called upon he was he was great to, to have his back up for fuzzy all the time and you know i think he he'll openly admit that himself that like fuzzy was obviously the best goalkeeper at the club and, and deserved to play but i think you need as a sub goalie it's a difficult it's black and white isn't it you know you're either playing mm. or you're not and mm. i think 
having somebody like that around the place as well with his character and his attitude and it's just the way he is like he was just a good person to have about the football club and you know like even now as well I think when he comes down the training ground you can see everybody how everybody like reacts to him he's a funny guy he's just easy going and but uh and the to be fair for for me as well, he's one of he's a good friend of mine. He lives lo- he lives near me at home, and we you know we spend a lot of time together and golfing and <laughs> drinking beer mostly as well. So that's uh, <laughs> he's, no same thing. It's just I think if you're picking a squad of people that you want to, at the end of the day, you spend a lot of time with people mm-hmm. in football. You know you travel places and you're in every day. It's great to have um, it's great to have people like that around the place. Got to ask, mate. How close was Sam Johnson to making that squad of yours? Obviously, he's he's been fantastic this season. Just 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 on the back of an England call up to. Yeah, I wasn't here this season, so that doesn't count. No, no. Look, Sam. Sam obviously, he's a top goal. You can see that. I mean, this year as well, he's been he's been unbelievable. Um, but I just tried to pick it based on based on people that I played the most with and, and spent mm. the most time with. Really, you know. Um, obviously. The first season in the championship when we lost out in the playoffs, Sam played. That was probably the, the most regular I played with Sam, and you know I, I think just based on the way we played as well, he, just the others, he probably got a lot of stick. He didn't deserve to be totally honest from mm-hmm. from a lot a lot of probably well at, at the stadiums and the home games as well. Obviously, we we're trying to change the way we played a lot a little bit, and we conceded a lot of goals. And you know I'm glad for him because he's mm-hmm. he stepped up over the last <laughs> couple of seasons. He was great. For, for us last season when when we got promoted and you know he's gone from strength to strength this season and I know the the football club as a whole haven't done very well on the pitch but you know he's a he's had a great season with the, the amount of saves he's made and you know some of the results might have been very different if he hadn't been in goals. Yeah, for sure. Um, right, we'll move on to the defenders. Right. Uh, he had a bit of a kamikaze approach to this. He went a bit <laughs> reckless um, and only named six, um, which I'm not sure about that. He, he, he did blag that you were his backup left back. Um, <laughs> I don't know how you feel about that. Yeah, that's all right. I'll have enough of that. I've only got six as well, to be fair. You got um, six as well? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, actually. Yeah, I think we're all right. Are you in your team? Because Mozart didn't put himself in his no, team. No, I, I didn't. I wasn't sure whether, whether he'd done that. No, I'll just uh, I'll take a back seat and just be. I'll be like the kit man. I'll be the kit man or something. <laughs> no, I don't want to be the boss. I wouldn't want to be in charge of all these characters. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll quickly right, um, I'll read out the fan one if that's all right, and then um, yeah, we'll yeah. go with your one. So, fan squad was uh, Jonas Olsen. Gareth McCauley, Johnny Evans, Stephen Reid, Paul Robinson, Craig Dawson, Neil Clement, and Kieran Gibbs. Okay. Um, I think if you do yours, then we'll read out Moses after yours. I've seen Moses. You sent me the link. Oh, <laughs> I did, oh I yeah, I did. Of course, I did. Yeah, yeah. Did. I didn't just. I didn't just copy Moses. I don't think. <laughs> um, right. Mine are Gareth McCauley, Jonas Olsen, Stephen Reid, Johnny Evans, Paul Robinson. And yeah. Liam Ridgewell. Oh, no, Liam Ridgewell. Yeah, he's um, a character, isn't he? Yeah, well, that's part of the reason he's there. He's, he's not there for his football reason, like. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, that, that that's that's uh, that was a, just a bit, of a bit of a joke for Ridgie. Like, I really enjoy. And look, look, obviously, I played in front of Ridgie quite a lot as well. And I think when he when he joined in the January, uh, Roy Hodgson signed him. And he just made he made a massive difference around the place and and for me as well like I like I just we became a lot more solid as a Premier League team and I, I just I had a good relationship with him on the pitch I just enjoyed playing with him he was he, he was you knew what you were going to get from him you know he was no and he was and he was a great lad off it as well you know like in and around the in and around the training ground and you know on, on preseason trips and away trips and stuff he was always he was great to have he's not the brightest in the world like but you know he always. <laughs> He like to have. He like to have a laugh. Who else have we got? So if you were, so it's quite a few centre backs, isn't there? So if, if you were yeah, starting, who's starting for you? It's a back. It could it could be a back five as well. You see, I'm being a bit, a bit ah. more flexible than Mozart there. Mm. Who's starting? Oh, I don't know. That's not who's my job. That's not my. It's not my decision. <laughs> who's starting? I'm the kit. I'm the kit man. Remember. 
the kit will be the kit will be nice and clean while I'm washing it. Don't worry. Oh yeah. Um, Talk us through Gareth, some of those centre backs there. Get James yeah. Olsen, Gareth McCauley, John. I think Jonas and Gareth obviously are are you know, you can see they're obviously in, in most people's teams and the I think it just probably represents how how solid we were in the Premier League for those seasons. I mean, like obviously Jonas coming from uh when Tony Robbie signed him, you know, I don't think it would, like nobody really knew much about Jonas and then mm. you know I, I think I was away on international duty and I came back and I was like, Who is this guy? Like he's a bit of a lunatic <laughs> like, <laughs> but then you know he sort of he, he grew, he, he grew, and everybody, you know, he, he's a, he's an angry, angry man, like on the on the football pitch in, in training. But you know, I think away from the place, he's he, he's a great guy. And actually, I spoke to he phoned me yesterday. Actually, I spoke to him on the phone, and you know, we keep in touch with. I think he's he keeps in touch with with a lot of a lot of the lads from that team and and a couple of the staff members around the training ground and stuff. He's he's just a he's a good guy until you get on the pitch with him and then he's horrible. I mean, he was just, he was horrible to us as well. It wasn't even the other teams, you know, he was just, <laughs> that's just the way he was. Like, I mean, I remember one day we were playing, is it, it was second, the first, second game of the season, we beat Sunderland. Do you remember when Peter Adam Wingy scored that in his, on his home, his first game against Sunderland that day? Mm-hmm. And uh, we were playing, they, they had a free kick late on in the game. And Gab, uh, Gabriel Thomas went ahead, went went up for a header, and he gave away he gave away a stupid foul on the edge of the box or something. And I'd said something to him. I was like, like, had a bit of a pop at him, like, because that's what I did when I was younger. Like, he sort of, you know, you get a bit angry. And we were lining up the wall, and Jonas punched me in the ribs in the wall and told me to like, <laughs> sh- like shut up and get on with my own job. Like, I was like, has he actually just punched me? In there? Like, he, he literally like just punched me in the ribs when I was standing beside him in the wall. I was like, I couldn't believe it. And then afterwards, he didn't even remember. He didn't even know he'd done it. Like. Oh, it's just that's the sort of thing he was like. That's and, crazy. You know, uh, he was he was another like, but uh, yeah, he's a great guy and like same thing. You know, I think for the type of team we were, that those are the people you needed in your team, people you could trust to do a job and you could rely on. And you know, Jonas was definitely that. Same with Gareth. I mean, for obviously I knew Gareth from uh, before he signed for West Brom, and you know, I'm still waiting for my my cut of his uh his deal coming here you know he, he still owes me something for that I, i've not got that yet like because um i remember he went dan ashworth asked me about him and uh asked, asked me to find out who his agent was and and whatnot and and i think dan took roy hudson down to watch him uh play for ipswich in the in the derby against norwich and they got beat 5-1 mm. and he scored an own goal <laughs> <laughs> and i was like for me yeah. and, and dan came back and he was like obviously just taking the piss out of me a little bit for um for for saying that he was a good player and that like and and then obviously Roy like what he's seen on the on the day I think yeah, I think and then the rest is history you know you pay nothing for somebody that got to pay play the amount of games in the Premier League that he did at the level he did at his age is is unbelievable the way he looked after himself as he got a bit older and even even on the international scene as well you know he just went from strength to strength he became like almost a backup player for Northern Ireland to be in the, you know the he's like God almost to some people at home, you know, for the mm. goal he scored in the Euros and mm. you know, just the amount of the amount of times you know, he he made he made me look at me and whoever was taking the set pieces look a lot better all the time as well because <laughs> you know he put um he, you know you put the ball in the area and he was unbelievable going and attacking the ball. Like he, he was mm. he wasn't the like the most physical in the world. He wasn't the biggest guy like strength wise, but like his timing in the air was the best anybody I've ever seen from anybody. Johnny is that Evans? what you do when you were whipping a ball in? Would you just kind of aim for an area and know that players like Jonas and Gareth are just going to get into that space, or would you would you more target yeah. a player? No, you, I don't. No, you don't. I don't think you ever targeted anybody. You targeted areas, and then obviously they, like usually, obviously a lot of time you practice them in training, so you would have a rough idea where people were going, and you know that that was that was a big thing about about our game. You know, you sort and you had mm-hmm. like Jonas, Gareth. Excuse me, Craig Dawson, even like Solomon, people like Rondon, people like that, you know, they could go and head the ball. And, you know, obviously that made my job a lot easier, like, but uh, yeah. Uh, where are we now? Johnny Evans was always a class act, wasn't he? I always thought. Yeah, look, Johnny's a top player. Like, you've seen that obviously at Leicester and, and Man United. I had that, like, <laughs> I actually remember the time when he, because he, there was sort of, obviously I know him from, from, from years back as well with Northern Ireland. You know how good he is. And he sort of, He's a bit of a weirdo, like, but uh, 
Why is he a weirdo? You can't say that and not elaborate. Why is he? Oh, a he's just a, he's he's just nuts. Like you know, like some days you'd be coming in and be. I think lads have said it before, like staring at walls and stuff like that, and like <laughs> almost like talking to himself in the corner and things like that. You know, he's he's a bit he's a bit mad, like. But uh, but yeah, he's. Uh, I don't know. That's maybe just that's maybe why he's such a good player. You know, I I think he he thinks a lot about everything. You know, not just football. I think he's a he's a deep thinker about a lot of stuff, and he. Um, I think when he when he came down to when he came down to saying I was injured, it was a Saturday morning, I think, and the lads were away somewhere and I was doing some rehab uh, on my own. He walked in and I just burst out laughing. I was like, What are you doing here? Like, you know, like, like why why are you why are you coming from Man United to sign for, for for West Brom? And obviously with um and to- when Tony Pulis was the manager as well, and obviously Johnny's a Johnny's a total footballer, isn't he? You know, so it wasn't really the sort of it wasn't really the sort of signing you expected, but uh if he Obviously, he went in, and he, he, you could see that this. Obviously, the season we got relegated, it was disappointing because he was sort of, obviously, he was linked away at the start of the season. He, and then the rest of the season, obviously, we were rubbish with the, obviously, with the the rest of the game. So that was a bit, bit probably a bit disappointing for him on a personal point, the way he sort of finished his time here. But you know, he seen from the majority of games he played what a good player he was. Mm. Stephen Reid is obviously in Moses as well, and in most of the fans. Mm-hmm. I think I think Reid Reed is just one of those people that he sort of he's almost he almost became a bit of a cult sort of figure, didn't he? You know, he sort of same thing as well. You just knew what you were getting from him every week. He came sort of as a midfielder off the back of a lot of injuries and ended up playing as a right back. And I don't think people understand what he used to put himself through every week to get out on the pitch on a Saturday. You know, he mm-hmm. like his body was in bits, like, and he like the amount of stuff he had to do to painkilling yeah. and like gym work and things just to try and make sure he was ready to play like it was unbelievable like he's just a he, he was he's old school like it's old school mentality isn't it you know it probably doesn't it probably doesn't happen as much now or mm. probably maybe not allowed to happen as much now because he was but he was so determined that he wanted to play every week and I uh, and, and as well I think when he when he came in that season we got promoted with Robbie Di Matteo and he was a big figure in how we managed to sort of stay up for those those few years in the Premier League. I mean, just to have him around the place, you know, he was very, he was well respected by all the lads and, you know, if you did something wrong, he would let you know. And, you know, I think at the time I was captain, but, you know, there's a lot of lads there that you had a lot of respect for and, you know, were well, more than capable of policing, them, policing the place themselves and he was definitely a big part of that. Hmm. That's a decent back line, mate, for me. It's a good back, man. I thought um, we move into the midfield because no, we're running we out of time. Ro- we got... did, yeah, I didn't do oh, it. Go on, talk about Robbo. you got to talk about Robbo. Go on. Robbo. Oh, well, I don't think you need to say anything more about Robbo. It's probably the same <laughs> thing. Every... But do you know what? To be fair, Robbo, Robbo was, was brilliant with me when I first signed. You know, I came from Sheffield Wednesday and it was I didn't really know anybody and he, he looked after me. He played behind me and he really, really helped me as a, as, as a in the team and I think as a player, obviously everybody knows how how much he loved to tackle and how committed he was. But he was a good footballer as well, and you know I learned a lot off off Robbo that season. And you know that's and he and he's a good lad around the place too. Like I think he just more more from my point of view, he really he really helped me as a as a player settle into into West Brom. Mm. He's a warrior, isn't he? Oh, yeah, he's, he absolutely loves it. Yeah. Absolutely. Right, we're going to midfield because I really want to get to fan questions as well because we've got so many good ones. Oh, all right, okay. Well, I'll speed through these. I'll not talk as much about these. Oh, no, gloss, no, no, you've got to talk I'll about gloss, these. I'll, I'll gloss over a couple just in case if people don't know. <laughs> don't people just um, a couple so, in. Here we go. Right, fan squad. We'll read the fan squad. Um, Chris Brunt, number one, uh, 80 votes, uh, more than any other outfield player. Zoltan Gera, number two, 78 uh, votes, um, just behind you. Then we've got Yusuf Malumbu, 67. Jason Kuma, 65. James Morrison, 64. Mateus Pereira, 63. Those, you guys were way clear of everyone else. Um, absolutely way clear um, in the vote. And then the last two sneaking in are Jonathan Green in with 36 and Claudio Jacob with 32. Oh. How that's many have you got? That's a shame. That's a shame. Mozza was fourth on that list, isn't it? <laughs> Must be hard for him. Man. I'm sure um, you're reminded. Uh, no, not at all. How many of those have I got? Right, <clears throat> Morris. My midfielders were. So this this was this was probably the hardest one because there's a couple of people I've left out that probably could have got in, <laughs> like just as easily. And uh, 
but this is just based on probably lads lads I lads I enjoy playing with and lads that you know had had the most effect in, in games I think as well like yeah. so um uh mine were Mozza uh, had to put him in I couldn't leave him right that would have been <laughs> devastated that would have killed him I think uh, Zoltan, Zoltan Gera, Jonathan Greening, Yusef Malumbu, Harvey Barnes, Robert right. Corrin. <clears throat> oh, great Matt, player, yeah. Matt Phillips, Gareth Barry, and Graham Dorrance. Mm, very midfield, that. I was going to say it's not very defensive midfield, but you could probably get away with it. I think we'll wing it. We'll just go, <laughs> oh, yeah, we'll go talk, sure. we'll base it, base it on Tony Mowbray, not Tony Pulis. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, Harvey Barnes, he was a wonderful player. He's only at the club for, what, six months, but, oh, my God, he was fantastic, wasn't he? Yeah, he, he's one of the best I've seen. Like, I mean, you can see how well he's done going to Leicester. And, you know, like, my agent company looked after him when he came on loan, and my agent phoned me and he said, oh, look, he's, he's good, he's, he's only young, like, so just look after him. And I was like, oh, yeah, no worries. And literally, like, <laughs> two weeks later, he'd scored about four goals in two games, and he was absolutely running the show. I was like, I, phoned him <laughs> I, was like, I think he'd be all right. Um, didn't John, when after, he, did it? No, and I think like look, I know it's hard to sort of say one player make a difference, but if he'd have stayed at West Brom that season, we'd have definitely got we'd have, we'd have got promoted automatically yeah. easily. Like he was, <laughs> and you know, I'm glad he's gone back to Leicester and he's done so well because that would have been a real kick in the teeth for us as well and, and him if he'd have went back there and not played. But to be fair, they 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 took him back and they did play, and obviously he's gone from strength to strength with Brendan Rodgers. Mm. Talk to us about Gera. What was he like? Oh, brilliant! What a guy. Like just the, the the nicest fella in the world as well. Everyone like, says that. Everyone says yeah, he's lovely. So such a great guy. Yeah, and like everybody used to like all the lads used to sort of wind him up on that. And he was just like he never rose and he never got angry. And you know the the first season he was here, he was he was brilliant. You know we we rotated a lot. He scored a lot of goals and he was same thing. I really enjoyed playing with him as well because when I was on one side, you could cross it and you knew that he was a fair chance he would get on the end of it. So yeah. Um. That. And then obviously when he left to Fulham, and he, and then Roy Roy brought him back from 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 Fulham to West Brom. He was oh, he was brilliant, and it's just really disappointing for him that he got the the injuries at the time he did because you know mm. he was a big part of our squad. And, you know, I think I think that, that just the effect he had on everybody around the place. So everybody loved him, and they would do anything for him. You know, and he's uh, he's another one you I, I would still keep in contact with today from from all those years ago, and he really helped me as well when I when I first came down. Whenever anyone talks about Gira, they always say he's really nice. And whenever anyone talks about Jonas Olsen, they always, always use the word lunatic. Oh, it's horrible amazing. Lunatic, that yeah. lunatic word is incredible. Like, like, everyone says it. It's great. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's, it's just chalk and cheese. Two different characters. Like, Who, who, else, who else? I've forgotten who actually said that. Who else have you got? Jonathan Green in so, as well, wasn't he? Yeah, Jono. Like, uh, John, and other ones, and him and Reggie would have... They'd have some good games, general knowledge games on the, on the team bus in that squad. I think like Jono's not the, not the brightest at all. Like I think that's a pretty common thing, but uh, everybody says that about him. But same thing, I knew him from when I, when I was at Middlesbrough, obviously, and when I came down, like he, he's just a you know he's a real down there normal lad, and you know, proper looked after me and and Mazza as well when we first came, and no, oh, he's like and, and a top player as well. Like that season in the championship, you know he. You know, he he absolutely ran ran the show like from from midfield, and uh, you know everybody always used to. Anytime I ever see Jonathan Greening on highlights and stuff, you know, you see him going down the wing and he's about to cross it, and he chops back, and then he chops back again, and like everybody, we all everybody knew he was going to do it. The whole stadium knew he was going to do it. <laughs> everybody always fell for it, even in training as well. It was the same thing, and um, obviously I remember that from Middlesbrough too, but. Uh, we used to call him Jigsaw as well because he used to score flipping 25 goals every day in training. And then we used to get to the game, we used to just go to pieces. Like, so that's the boys ended up calling him Jigsaw. It was quite funny. Like, but uh, no, another, another great that's lad. That's hilarious. Great lad. What a, yeah, same thing. Still in contact with him. He's just a, you know, he's, I think you come across people in football and I think, you know, some mm. like there's some lads that are just like normal guys and he, he's definitely one of them. Oh, cool. Uh, what else we got? Yusef, yeah, Yusef was brilliant. Like you know, he came from no same thing. Nobody had ever Tony Mowbray signed him. Nobody had heard of him. You know, like, mm. and to be fair, the first few weeks he came and we were sort of looking at him in training, going, "Well, he's not great. I mean, like he's not going to play." And then all of a sudden he got in the all of a sudden he got in the first team and he never he never looked back. Like he was he was a top top player. Like I think 
but lads all appreciated playing with him because he did all the little things that sort of people maybe wouldn't notice. You know, you could just dump the ball on yourself and he would manage to get away from people and you know, keep the ball for you or get you up the pitch. And I always remember Gareth McCauley saying that about him. He loved playing with Yusef because no matter how much pressure he was under, he could just give Yusef the ball mm. and he would manage mm. to sort of wriggle his way out of it. And same, like pretty relaxed character as well. I think one thing I remember, always remember about Yusef is every preseason he used to sit in his car on the first day back and not come in to train until they'd sort of a contract for him to, so, so that he could get a new contract. He used to do it every year. He said, I'm not coming in until I get my contract sorted. <laughs> and then by, by, the, by about two hours later, they were like, yeah, Yusef, you can have a new contract. And then he would come in and train. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, he's like, tip, tip. he was just, and he would, you know, that wasn't, that wasn't really like, and there was only one time a year he was actually really caused anybody any trouble. Moss has just walked into the room, mate. Has <laughs> he? Uh, I've, just, I've just left you out of my team. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> How's he doing, James? Uh, I might do that it's next tra- time I rock up to work, you know, just it's ask for extra looking, grand. His tracksuit's looking a bit tight, to be fair. Is it all? Uh, hey, you're the, you're the kit, man. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, no, no, that's bad, isn't it? Like, but to be fair, I mean, he came from... Did, did, did Yusef come from PSG? He did, didn't he? PSG. Sorry, I'm talking to this kid. Yusef, uh, Yusef, he came from like PSG's reserves or something. So I, I'd imagine we probably got him pretty cheap uh, <laughs> based on based on the, the philosophy of the football club at that stage. I'd imagine it's probably <laughs> his wages probably matched that. So um, uh, he deserved every penny, but he was he was he was top player. Fantastic. Uh, who else we got? Robert Corran. Basically, Robert Corran for that, those two. Those two seasons, yeah. I mean, mm. he seems to have gone sort of under a lot of people's radar. I think people, a lot of people forget about him. Mm. He was a fantastic player. I used to always love watching him. There's something about Robert Corrin. I always remember him growing up watching him. He was fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. Yeah. I mean, I just, I love playing with him. And he was, same thing as well. He's a bit like Zoltan. He's just a really nice lad. And, you know, he, I think, same, same thing as well. Tony Moby sort of, he, he plucked a couple of people sort of from the unknown. Like, you know, and, like he turned out to be a really, like a really, really good player, and nobody had really ever heard of him, you know. Mm. So, um, yeah, just for for those couple of seasons, like the season we got promoted, and the, then well, he was there for the two seasons we got promoted with Robbie Di Matteo, and the, and the one season in the Premier League, you know, he, he was. Uh, I I just really enjoyed playing with him, and just that's that's a pure football based one, you know. He was a quiet lad. He was he had like, quite a young family off the pitch, so he sort of kept himself to himself and. But like we played Slovenia a couple of times in internationals, and you went met him for a coffee and stuff like that. He was he was just a he was a good guy. Yeah. Shall we talk uh, strikers? We better do strikers. We've got yeah, we can do yeah. Do you want me? yeah? So fan squad, there was only four. Um, right. Right, okay. They were Kevin Phillips with seventy four votes. Peter Adamangi one vote behind seventy three. Romelu Lukaku seventy, and then they threw one miles ahead. Um, and and then Bob Taylor snuck in um, for his second spell um, <clears throat> as well. Yeah. So who have you got? Who have you gone for? Um, yeah, the th- the th- three that you've mentioned there are uh, Kev Phillips, Autumn Wingy, and Lukaku. And I've put in Dwight Gale and Solomon Rondon as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, Did Mozart have them? Let's have a look. Had Rondon, and Jay Rodriguez. He had. Oh yeah. Well, th- th- Jay was. Jay was on my list originally as well, but I, t- I took him out because he left. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, he, um, yeah, Jay, no, Jay was brilliant as well. Like especially for the way we played in with in the championship that season, he he was he was great. He never stopped with such a hard worker as well. Like, but no, I've just gone. Obviously, Kev Phillips was when I first came down. I'd I'd, I'd never played with anybody <laughs> of that quality. Like, and that's no disrespect to the lads at Sheffield Wednesday. We were sort of. All sort of lower league based players, and you know, yeah. once you once you start training with Kevin Phillips, you could you see why he scored so many goals, why he played mm-hmm. for England. Like he was just literally giving the ball and training. It was a touch. It was a goal. You know, he could score all different types of goals. He was such a fit guy as well for the age he was. Like, and you know, another one like that sort of. Do you know when you sort of go to train with people like that and you're not sure? Like you're thinking, oh, I'm a bit out of my depth there. And he, and to be fair, he used to he used to wind you up and he, he would take a piss out of you and that if you were if you weren't doing it like. <laughs> But I think now, now you, as you sort of, I think you, I think in back back then, I say back then, it's like it's been years ago. I suppose it is, but like that, that's what happened. You know, I always remember going to Sheffield Wednesday and lads firing balls at you, like the older lads, to see if you could control it, sort of test you out. And I think that's yeah. probably what 
the likes of Kevin, Rob, and people like that do. They, they did test you in training to see if you were you were going to be good enough to, to play with them. And you know, I think give you a couple of weeks, and you had we had a bit with me and me and Mazza and that we we had we had their respect. So, but he was great, Kev. He was, and you know, you see him now. You still have a good chat with him. He's you know, he's a, he's a good guy as well. Is that something uh, you would do in training <clears throat> on in your career? Just no, <laughs> fireballs at young lads. Yeah, <laughs> all the young lads, young lads are still. I'll be trying to catch the young lads if they fireballs at them. Um, no, I, I think that that element of football sort of died, died, died to death a little bit. You know, I think it's probably it's probably just a generational thing. You know, that, mm-hmm. that just sort of maybe maybe more of an old school mentality. You know, I think football in general as well. Like you know, it's a lot more athletically based now than maybe it was back then too you know that that was probably your way of getting tested technically getting balls fired at you and seeing how good you were with the football whereas now you know you see young lads coming in to train with the first team they're the same size as the first teamers there's big strong boys that can match them in every department the game's so fast so that's that's probably that's probably just the way it was back then that's how you found out whether you could um whether you could handle it or not that and uh, that and being taken to the pub with them on a tuesday afternoon probably <laughs> <laughs> Um, no, Gale was fantastic alongside alongside <coughs> Barnes and and Rodriguez that championship season, wasn't he? Yeah, Gale is one of them that like I was I I, I just called him the cheat in training because he used to like he was offside or he was like the ball was out and he would play on and you know like and he was good at everything. He was one of them that was just good at everything. You know, we played golf and he would turn up and he would say, "Oh yeah, I'm playing off 15 and he would be winning by ten shots. You know, like stuff like that. And, <laughs> Uh, like just he's just one of them, but like what what a lovely lad, great guy, great to have around the place, and the effect he had on our squad that season as well. You know, I was genuinely got the same goal to be totally honest, and mm-hmm. you know, I I remember texting him like obviously after the playoffs and when he you know he got sent off in the first game and I got sent off in the mm-hmm. second game and he was there mm-hmm. watching and and I, obviously I think the two of us probably felt a fair bit of responsibility for 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 that semi final and. Uh, I just remember waiting a few days and texting him afterwards, and just I think he's, he is genuinely the most effective probably loan player we've we've had at the football club, and in the, in the time I was there, you know him and you know Mason Holgate and and Harvey Barnes that season, the three those three loans we had were were great to have around. But you know he's he's a great guy, and you know I still he still keeps in contact now. You know he he dropped me a message there a couple of weeks ago when he'd seen that come back coaching, taking mm. the piss out of me as well. So. Um, <laughs> Uh, no, I, I, I was got at the same goal to be honest. Let's talk about one more striker. What should, who should we go for? Should we go for Lukaku, or who do you want to pick someone else? Me, I don't know. Uh, Adam Wingy. Adam Wingy, yeah, he was special, wasn't he? Uh, yeah, he was special. Yeah, those two seasons. You know, obviously the way he left the club was a bit was disappointing for him. I think he's probably said stuff about it before. I'm sure I've read mm. that. He lives near nearby. I've I've seen him a few times recently. He keeps threatening to. I keep threatening to play golf with him, but I've never got around. But he's he's pretty good, so uh, I don't yeah, know about yeah. that. Yeah, I've heard he's tidy with a golf. Yeah, but... yeah, he's he's worked very hard. To, to, to put, he's an assistant golf pro, so you know, he he's, is, he's yeah, worked yeah. hard at that. <clears throat> but um, look, the, the effect he had on that season was unbelievable. So like he came in, same thing, a bit of an unknown. Nobody really knew. I just remember Robbie Di Matteo saying to me, "Oh, look, he's really quick. So like, if you can play him behind, like he'll, he'll get there." And you know, that first game he played against Sunderland, we spoke about it earlier on, and they. Um, you know, he, he just took off from there, didn't he? You know, to get some as many goals as he did, and you know, he covered centre forward and he could play off the off one of the wide places as well. So that mm. the following season, when Steve Clark took over um, from from Roy Hodgson, you know, it meant he could be shifted out to the left, and then Shane Long could play mm. or Lukaku could play. And, you know, he was just a he was he was a good player, and he was, you know what, he, he worked really hard for the team as well. And you know, I think obviously. A lot of people obviously remember the QPR incident, and and then sort of things went downhill a little bit for him after that. But you know, look, I always got on well with him, and you know, he was a he was a he was a good player. What a squad! Yeah, not yeah. bad. That not great squad. There's some, uh, yeah, there's, some, there's a few missed out, unluckily, like, but they can be on standby. They can come and help just... me with the kit. They can come just help run me with through the kit. Him quickly, who do you have? On, just the names. Just who did you have? On, and then we'll get on to fan questions. I'd, Billy Jones is a backup right back. Yeah, mm. yeah. Just a great lad as well. Uh, Jake Livermore, Scott Carson, Craig Dawson, Darren Fletcher. And Jerome Thomas actually was on it as well. Mm. But uh, they were all pretty close. So. Okay, sure. If anyone yeah. picks up a knock, they're in. <clears throat> yeah, that's yeah. 
Uh, right, fan questions. Uh, first one comes from Spencer George. Uh, who do you think was the most underrated player uh, you played with at West Brom, Chris? Underrated? Um... I mean, so many could be underrated, really. I don't, <laughs> underrated by who? <laughs> um, I don't know. Uh, it probably Solomon Rondon. You know, I, I think mm. strikers are strikers are judged by their goals, aren't they? And you know, that was probably unfair to him. And in, in the team, the way we played as a team when he was in the team, he was just he was up front on his own. You know, sometimes you were sending flipping text messages to him, telling you we'll, we'll be there and. 10 minutes to support you like don't worry just hold on to that ball for a bit like and he did it every game like um, he held balls up in the corner and, and won us set plays which effectively like then got us goals because that's what we were good at as a team and I just I, 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 I really appreciated him as a team player and I think obviously he probably did get double figures each season he was here but you know I think as a, as a lone centre forward in, in the Premier League you know people probably look at that and think well I should be getting more goals and the amount of money we paid for him this that and the other but the job he did for the team was was unbelievable. I think all the lads really, really appreciated that. Mm. Uh, next one comes from Matt Hill, and a ton of people have asked this. What was your What was your first, your personal favourite goal for the Albion? Because you, you've scored some great ones. I mean, the one against Southampton uh, in two thousand eight was obviously a massive one. Uh, you've, you've, I mean, you talked down your free kicks. You scored some worldy free kicks, man. I mean, uh, QPR, Everton. Uh, you scored a couple of good ones against Villa as well. Um. I always like I've seen this to somebody the other day. I, I, a lot of times when I score goals, it sort of it didn't really result in us winning games, and that really annoyed me. Like you know, like if we like there was no point in scoring a goal if you didn't win the game. You know, yeah. so the best goal I probably scored was at Villa at at, at Villa the night we got beat four three, mm. and uh, after it was after like a minute. I don't, I don't even know why how I ended up there or why I hit it. Like you know, I just sat up nice and I just hit it and it went in and. That was probably the best one I scored, but like, and obviously we lost the game, so it sort of, you mm. know, it sort of took it a bit away from me a bit. Uh, yeah, the, the free kick at Everton's always a, a favourite, you know, just because of sort of where it was, and obviously it was good goalie and goals, and obviously just the, the where it went into the net and stuff like that. It was pretty, it was pretty perfect. Like, you know, you don't you don't get to hit too many like that, and obviously mm. the Southampton the Southampton goal is just a special one because of the occasion. Like, yeah. <clears throat> um. That's a Next. Selena question. Come on. Yeah, that's what I'm getting to now, Joe. So, all right, come on. There's, one, there's one from Beautifully Baggy here. Now, there's a picture of you. I don't know if you'll remember this. 2018 He's got to remember it. He's got to remember it. Do you remember when he tried, when he tried to think Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, there's a great picture of you <laughs> afterwards where you are, I mean, you're giving him a, a, a let's just say, hairdryer treatment. <laughs> what did you say to him? I don't think you could probably put it on your podcast, to be fair, what I said to him. Um, we can bleep it out, mate. Uh, I think I called him a clever something or other. I can't even remember what happened for the penalty. You know, I've completely forgotten about that. So, he, um, the, the way I'll describe it is he runs, he runs up to it. He's almost trying to panenka, but then he hits it with his, with his standing yeah, he, he foot. Kicks it with, he slips, doesn't he? Because the pitch, the pitch yeah. had all worn out. The pitch wasn't great. I remember mm. that. And... Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, that's just one of those things in the spare of the moment. I, I think, was it a soft penalty maybe as well? I think I was still probably mm. raging about that. Had he, di- yeah. had, somebody, had he dived or something maybe to get the penalty? I, I don't yeah, know. I, maybe, can't remember, yeah. I can't remember, yeah. But yeah, it was just clever and probably a C bomb in there. I would imagine that's, that's, usually, my favorite. <laughs> that's usually my go-to one when, I, when I'm angry. Like So uh, I, I always remember my, my missus saying to me that she said, oh, why did you do that? She said, "You look re- that looked really stupid. You shouldn't have done that. Like, And I was like, no. Oh. I, did, I couldn't even remember doing it. <laughs> yes, is it the worst penalty you've ever seen? Well, it's up there, yeah. To be fair, I've probably hit one of the worst penalties I've ever seen as well, away to Villa one day when I nearly put it on the M6. So, <laughs> I don't know. I'm not, I'm not going to argue about the worst penalty. Uh, fair enough. Um, Tom Hunt, what was the best atmosphere you experienced at your time at Albion? Um, Spurs at home. Uh, when Darren Moore was in charge of caretaker that day when we needed the win and obviously it ultimately mm. ended up in, in nothing because the game didn't go for us on the Tuesday night. Was it Southampton Swansea in the Tuesday night yeah. afterwards? But the, the atmosphere that day was unbelievable. You know, it, that's that's probably the best I've I've one of the best I've ever experienced in my football career. I think, mm. you know, I had some special ones with Northern Ireland in Belfast because that 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 especially now that place is uh, now they've done the stadium up the, the atmosphere in there is unbelievable when you get uh, when the crowd get going but uh, at West Brom that was that was 
undoubtedly the best. You know, the, the Villa playoff game was was good as well before the game. Obviously, what panned out for me personally in the game wasn't wasn't yeah. one I like to remember too much about, to be fair. But you know, that's football. And, it was yeah, um, this, this Spurs game. Yeah, that Spurs game. There were so many little intricacies to it because obviously the goal goes in right at the end. And I, the one thing I'll always remember is Darren Moore just sits. He's almost sitting down on one knee, isn't he? And he doesn't yeah. celebrate. But um, it was the atmosphere then was was absolutely outstanding, wasn't it? Yeah, and I think that at that that season had been a horrible season for everybody involved. The club obviously Tony Pulis get leaving, mm. well, or getting sacked or whatever happened. You know the, the amount of games we lost. Then you know he was sacked, and then obviously Alan Pardew coming in, which was not good. Like um, everything went on. Obviously with the lads of Barcelona, the thing around the club was not great. And, you know, Muro took Muro took over those last games of the season and just steadied the ship. And you know, you're thinking like, I suppose from the outside looking in, you're 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 down and out, aren't you? Really, like you know, mm. probably as a squad, if, when when Muro took over, we were probably thinking that as well. But he managed to to sort of galvanise us a little bit and and get us back on track. And you know, it was unlikely, but you know, as as each game goes past and you're saying, oh well, maybe yeah, you know, and then obviously that goal goes in the atmosphere at the end and. You're still thinking like, oh, maybe there's a chance, and then just when we went into training on the Wednesday, I think after the after the Tuesday night game when Southampton beat Swansea at Swansea, you know, it was sort of deflation, like you know. But mm. I think we we ended up getting relegated with you know a bit of a bit of respect, a bit of our head held high a little bit, whereas for the rest of the season we hadn't done that. Yeah, um, I got one here, Lou. Can I ask this one? Yeah, go on, go on, Joe, go on. Um, it is um, just because it's a bugbear of mine, really. But I'm going to ask it. Um, did playing weakened teams in the cups annoy the players? <laughs> um, no, probably not. Because at the end of the day, for us as a football, look, obviously it would be great to getting the FA Cup semi final with Tony Mowbray was was great. You know, I think as I got older in my career, and the sort of the more you think about it, the more you probably wanted to do well. You know, the last mm-hmm. season when I was uh, when we got beat by Newcastle, you know. We played a really, really weakened team, and in it, um, that we hadn't played a lot of football. The team that played, and you know, the, the game's so fast now. You need to be fit for everything, and mm. once you play a weakened team and lads aren't playing week in week out, it's difficult to get results. But look, I get the fact that as well, the club's got priorities. Like the, the manager's got priorities. You know, obviously, Slavin Village's priority last year was to get promoted to the Premier League. Our priorities every other year was to stay <clears> in the Premier League. So, like, no, I do get that as well. But I think looking back at it now, as a player. As an ex, well, as an ex player, as a as an older player, you think, well, well, maybe you know, I could get the play at Wembley, I could get the NFA Cup final. Mm. Oh, but there's at the end of the day, there's so many players go through the careers and they don't get that. So, you know, mm. that's true. Part, I suppose that is true. Sam Box asks, uh, as Albion captain, when did you ever have to deliver the biggest bollocking or kick up the arse <laughs> to a player or the team? Um, you know, we we had a, we always had a decent group of lads that sort of. That you didn't really need to say much, and obviously, like I'm trying to think. Probably, pro, you know, probably when you know it was uh, probably after the year we got relegated after the Huddersfield game that day. You know, I, I asked a lot of questions in the dressing room. Obviously, it's, it was I don't know somebody told said about it, and it was it was in the in the press and stuff afterwards. And well, that was. You know, you always ask. I always thought like you, you need to ask questions yourself. Something goes wrong. Have you? You can't start pointing the fingers at somebody else if you've not done your job. You know, and I think that season, everything that day as well, it all came. It just everything just got on top of me, and I just I, I did. Yeah. I asked questions of lads, and you know, and the manager as well. And <clears throat> I, I think if you're as a team, like you should be as a teammate and as a team, and everybody should be well within the rights to say something. You know, and ultimately it comes down to you respect what the manager decides and you, you try to do the best what, what he does so me being a captain is basically just sort of implement, implement not implement that's not the right word but like passing on doing the right things every day for what the manager wants you know or what the coach wants I mean that, mm. at the end of the day it's his team so look it's I was never one for shouting and balling at people really to be fair I just tried to set standards high for myself and hopefully that made other people do the same thing Fair, fair. Um, Tom Hughes asks, is management something you'd ever be interested in? Obviously, you're in a coaching role now. Is that something you see in your future? Um, I'm not too sure, to be totally honest. Uh, I'm, I'm even, you know, you know it, it sort of worked out well that 
I could come in and help out here till the end of the season. And obviously with what happened to Bristol City and trying to do a bit of rehab with my injury as well. Mm. Uh, I don't really know, to be honest. I, I've got coaching qualifications. I'm, I'm going to work towards more ones if when I get the time. I think I've been involved in football a long time, so you don't really know anything else. <laughs> it's a bit difficult yeah. to go and do something something completely different. But you know, I think maybe sometimes, <clears throat> sometimes maybe a break away from from stuff sometimes can do people good. To, like I've got obviously got two. I've got a young family. My my two boys are twelve and nine. I would I would like to sort of have a bit of time spent with them and. You know, football schedules are brutal, so <laughs> I mean, yeah. if, if poss- possibly when they're a bit older and uh, and, and they don't want to see me anymore, yeah, maybe I might have a think about it then. <laughs> uh, David Guest is asking, will there ever be a testimonial? Well, <laughs> I, I hope so. Yeah, it'd be, it'd be lovely to it'd be lovely to, to, to have something. I hope, obviously, at the minute with no fans being allowed in stadiums and stuff, it, it'd be pretty pointless. Like, so um, mm. it'd be nice to have. Have something if there's if there's fans allowed back in the stadium. Look, I'm sure it'll be something myself and Mozo will be able to discuss with the football club at, at some stage, and you know, hopefully, um, hopefully we can get something sorted. But you know, we'll see. I got, uh, got one here from sorry, Luke. I got one here from Sunil Patel. Um, he says, um, "What's it like in terms of managerial styles? Um, do you enjoy? Did you enjoy playing under different managers more because of the way they played the game, or was you just focused on the results? How does it work? Do you enjoy your <laughs> job more when the team's playing a certain way?" Um, no, I, I think my, I enjoyed playing wherever or and doing whatever anybody, the manager wanted me to do, you know, whether that was Roy Hodgson, who, like, I really respect that and I learned a lot off and, and the way we played was, you know, it was sort of balanced, you know, we were good defensively, but we, we had a bit of freedom going forward. And then obviously Tony Pulis was a lot more defensively settled, but look, at the end of the day, you're paid to be a football player and you're paid to win games. And. If somebody tells you to do a job, you do it to the best of your ability. Because if you don't, then somebody else will do it. Like so, yeah, I always yeah. thought that was a, I always thought that was a, one of one of the strengths I had as well, being able to play in a couple of different positions. And you know, nine times out of ten, each manager picked me to play, which was, which was great. It showed sort of that they had trust in me, and I was and I was versatile. So look, that 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 always, you know, when I look back on my career, that'll be probably one of the positives that I, that I can take. Yeah. A good one comes from Absolute Baggies. Who's the hardest player you've ever had to play against? I'm assuming he means harder as as in, you know, someone you wouldn't want to mess with. Oh, or (laughs) what fight with? Oh, yeah, Um, you could go with with both. So probably the toughest uh, player you've ever played against in terms of footballing ability, but also the hardest in terms of I wouldn't wouldn't do what I did to Buss and Selena. To be fair, there's not too many people about that. There's not too many people about like that anymore. You know, football's mm. pretty. It's mellowed out a bit, I think, and considering from where I first started. But uh, um, I don't know. It's difficult to say. There's so many good players in the Premier League. You know, like like mm. any time you went to Man City away as as as, as West Brom in the Premier League, you know, you were thinking like, God, who am I coming up against today? Like, and you know, I always remember obviously playing on the left as well. You seen your Zabaleta's playing right back when he when he first went there and you, you don't really know too much about him because obviously he's, he's Argentinian and he's, he's new to the league and you're sort of looking over your shoulder trying to find him and he's playing centre forward and then you're looking back again and he's back behind you and just little things like that. David Silva, I, th- I think David Silva was unbelievable. He was he was one of the best players I've seen. Like, you know, when you speak to like mm-hmm. Julian Lescott and Dar- Gareth Barry about him, they just say what a good player he is. Like, he just, and he just gets on with it as well. So, mm. and obviously, like I was fortunate enough as well to play against like Jigs and Scholes and Ronaldo and Rooney when they were all at Man United as well. Like so, and I was a Man United fan growing up. So like Ryan Giggs was he was my hero growing up, and you know yeah. being able to get on the same pitch and play against him and see him play that that was that was a that was really special for me. Was he someone you went straight across? So can I get your shirt? <laughs> yeah, I've got I've got a shirt actually. Yeah, yeah, and I, I met him on holiday one year as well when we were away, and he was staying in the same hotel and. I, uh, speaking to the, the the one of the one of the concierge managers at the hotel, and he said, "Oh, yeah, he stays here all the time. So next time you come, let me know." So I let him know, and he texted me saying, "Oh, yeah, he's, uh, Ryan Ryan Giggs is staying with us this week." So I brought the shirt, and he signed it for me. Oh, fair play. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so I've got that. I've got that in a frame at home. So yeah. oh yeah, well, I mean that's something to, that's something to keep on the wall, isn't it? Um, all Albion fans uh, have players become closer during the pandemic with being able to see each other, but not your usual social circles. It's interesting because the pandemic's obviously people see footballers and they're still playing. They think it's kind of normal for them, but obviously it's very different still. 
Yeah, it's um, it, it's a bit weird, really. I mean, Bristol City was Bristol City was all right. It was, you know, they tried to keep you apart as much as you can. You know, you sort of lads were turning up fifteen minutes before training, going and training, going straight home, getting showered at home and stuff. And mm-hmm. that was a diff- bit different for me. They gave me a dressing room so that because I was traveling and stuff like that. But I mean, last year when we first came back in in July, June, July with West Brom, I thought it was really it was strange, like you know, not being able to like. Uh, two buses like, like, uh, yeah. not getting changed in the training ground not eating in the training ground you know and I think like when you go and work on the training ground you do your work but like sort of in the dressing room and in the canteen and stuff like that that's when you sort of find out about people you know you have a bit of a laugh with them you like that's where you sort of your social side of things comes from isn't it that's where you make sort of fr- that's where you become friends rather than colleagues you know and, yeah that's mm-hmm. that's obviously been a diff- difficult part of football this year yeah mm. Look, Chris, I know you, you've got a runoff um, now. You've obviously got a game today to deal with. Yeah. Um, know, yeah. So, so we <laughs> won't want to keep you. Um, Joe, have you got any other questions you want to ask? No, no, perfect. Just want to say thanks very much, mate. We've had so many messages. All Albion fans saying how grateful they are to you for everything you obviously did over the years. And we're just obviously so grateful for you coming on today. Really appreciate it. Thank you. No, no problem. Thank you for having me. And obviously, uh, same for, for everybody. It would be nice to, hopefully, when the, the stadium opens up again, the fans are back, I can come back and can say hello. Because obviously, when I when I left and during the sort of pandemic, it's, you haven't had the chance to do that. So that would be that would be great. Hopefully, I'll get that chance. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah. Yeah, Got to get that testimonial on. Yeah, well, we'll see, yeah. <laughs> you can camp, You can campaign for that. I will, I will. I'll get on to it. Just get to hear about it. We've already talked about it before. It's got to happen. It's got to happen. <laughs> Okay, Joe, um, have you got anything else to add, mate? Um, Mate, I have actually. Um, It's not often I have something to add, um, but I have got something to add. I'm actually doing um, a breakaway podcast. One minute, Uh, this is news to me. (laughs) It's not news to you. Don't say that. Don't say that. (laughs) I I am breaking away and doing a separate podcast. Unfortunately, it's not with you. Maybe one day, you never know. But um, I'm doing a breakaway podcast based on, actually... Um, it's going to be very similar to the Chris Brunt one that we have just recorded. Um, it's going to be speaking to footballers um, and getting them to pick their ultimate 23-man squads um, from players they played with throughout their careers. Um, it's called Squad of Their Time. Um, I'm doing it with Joe Chapman from the Birmingham Mail. He's supposed to be my arch rival, but uh, he's just too nice a lad. And, <laughs> and I'm doing it with um, Albion mega fan Alistair Jones as well. So... We've got some exciting names lined up. We're not, it's not going to be out for another couple of weeks or so, but um, it will be out fairly soon. Um, and yeah, if anyone wants to give it a listen, obviously that would be massively appreciated. I think if, hopefully if you like the Chris Brunt one, you'll, you'll like it. Um, and there's going to be a few sort of ones of Albion, Albion themed as well. So fingers crossed um, people will enjoy it. I'll certainly tune in, mate. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Right, that just about does us then. Um... Thanks again, Chris, for taking the time. Uh, thank you, Joe, for sorting this out. Uh, and thank you for all of you watching and listening. But from me, from Joe, from Chris, a fond farewell. Cheers.